Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm Stella Sivi, and I am the host of this uh, Inspire uh, show. We are always talking about mindset, head, and motivation. And uh, today we have uh, my special guest here, Yogi Aaron. Hi. Hi, nice to meet you, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Thanks you so much to for coming. Um, you are uh, you. <laughs> you are a, a yoga teacher, yes? Isn't that it? is correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I read about it. You have two books, and you have a podcast also. Yeah. Uh, can you introduce yourself to be more specific? What are you doing? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Um, I have been teaching yoga for about 30 years now. And as you just mentioned, I happen to write a couple of books. I've actually written a few more books, but that's another story. <laughs> and, and um, but the two most notable ones, uh, the first one is Autobiography of a Naked Yogi. So it's really about my life. And the second one is Stop Stretching, a New Yogic Approach to Master Your Body and Live Pain-Free. I uh, moved to Costa Rica in 2010 from New York City. So while I was in New York for 10 years, I started a yoga studio. And um, about halfway through that journey, I just decided I didn't want to be part of that sort of fast pace uh, rat race. And so I decided to um, look for other alternatives. And that's what led me to Costa Rica, where I opened up a yoga retreat center. And since then have been living in Costa Rica, which is where I am located right now. It has to be nice there. Yes, I live a very blessed life. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like in New York. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's not anything like New York at all. The New York I was always busy, like pounding the pavement to run from one client to the next client from, you know, one class to another class. And one day I kind of woke up and I realized like, this is not my best life. You know, I mean, I was enjoying my life. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, at the, mo at the time I was around 33, 34, 35. And I realized like, I cannot keep this up. I can't do this when I'm 55 years old. Like that's just not uh, the life that I wanted to have later on. So that's why I decided to kind of course correct and build a life in Costa Rica. So what is your story? Why did you start uh, to teach teach yoga? What what led you to yoga? What led me to yoga was that I was really tight everywhere in my muscles and my body. And so I was about 18 when I started practicing yoga, started doing stretching kind of yoga. And it was very hard for me because my, my, I remember trying to bend forward and you always see like, you know, these old men, you know, in the gym or wherever, and they can barely, you know, get their hands past their knees. That was me at 18. <laughs> and so I realized, like, I looked around and I thought to myself, I don't want to become one of those old men. And so, like, 
like at, you know, at such, especially at such a young age. So I made a decision to start doing yoga, basically to stretch. I had my like workouts in the gym. Then I had my stretching time and my yoga was my stretching time. I would say that that was kind of the story for me for pretty much 10 years. I mean, yoga, of course, started to become something more, but it was always more about the workout than what it was supposed to be about, which was the healing and the introspection. And, and it took me a long time to get there. And what started happening almost immediately, actually, was I started to hurt myself a lot. And I would start, you know, I did yoga to not be in pain, but yet I started to get more in pain. And when I say yoga, I really want your listeners to know that when I'm talking about yoga in that, especially in that period of time, it was really stretching. So, you know, a lot of people call yoga and what they really mean is stretching. So what I was really talking about was stretching, but the yoga part started to blossom for me. And when I was around 28, 29 was when I met my teacher, my guru, my, my guide, however you want to call him. And he then started to show me the path of yoga. And it was kind of funny because right at that time, my body started falling apart. <laughs> like I could barely walk some days because I was in so much pain. And so my yoga practice had to be something different and that was how my yoga practice started to blossom so you had a chronic pain or or it was just because of stretching or from something else yeah that's a good question the the pain the pain that i was experiencing it was multi all over my body uh, one time I started getting pain. Well, I actually did yoga a lot to get rid of pain in my back. And that, you know, and I started becoming at the young age in my early 20s, a person with back problems, you know, like, like that was how I was identifying. And then I, so I did more yoga, I did more stretching, which, you know, then caused more problems. And then I had pain in my hips and pain in my knees. And one of the biggest places I ended up having pain was in my neck. Um, and it just kept getting worse over the years. Um, it really got worse until I was around 45 and I ended up in a, an emergency room with a procedure because of my lower back and the doctor at that time turned to me and he said, you might need a spinal fusion at 45 <laughs> and because there was a disc herniation going on and everything that I was doing with the stretching was actually making it worse. And so mm -hmm. I, you know, that was a moment for me when I had to kind of like step back and go, what am I teaching people? What am I doing? Cause if, if I'm at 45 in the emergency room and I'm telling people you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, or at least teaching it, you know, um, that it made me realize like maybe what I thought wasn't right. And so with, you know, what's the missing link? And that's what led me to, you know, developing uh, a Yama, which is, a, as you said earlier, applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation. Hmm. <laughs> so this is 
your yoga version? Oh. Yeah, I would say that a yama is my version, but it's not. Like I, I humbly give it to the tradition, if that makes sense to you. Like, because I, I consider myself a traditionalist. I teach traditional classical yoga. I everything that I teach in my classes and talks always have some sort of scriptural reference. The ayama part, the applied yoga anatomy part and, and muscle activation is more like, it's a way of, of teaching people, first of all, that yoga is not about stretching. So that's why I, my, my book is called Stop Stretching. Because in the yoga world, we're so obsessed. People are so obsessed with getting their foot behind their head. <laughs> People are so obsessed with standing on their hands, you know? Why not learn how to stand on your two feet <laughs> in life? <laughs> you know, we don't need a bunch of people to stand on their hands. We need people to stand on their feet uh, with courage and indomitable willpower and virtue. So these are the these are the qualities, just what I just said, courage, indomitable will and virtue, which are three powerful tenets of the yoga tradition that we cultivate those qualities of what does it mean to be a virtuous person, to be a good person, to to be someone who has values. And a lot of that is getting lost in the yoga world and substituted for many things, which I won't list off right here, but one of them is by stretching. Like, like let's just go deeper into this stretch. Let's see how far we can, you know, put our foot behind our head because, and, and when you see teachers doing that, when you see, uh, there's a very famous yoga teacher in Miami who is an Ashtanga person and when you kind of look at her and she looks happy and she's beautiful and she's always smiling and you, and, but then you see her put her foot behind her head. So what is that telling you? That's telling us, oh, in order for us to be happy, to look beautiful, to do all those things, we have to put our foot behind our head, but that's not what yoga is about at all. <laughs> so I'm trying to shake up the conversation. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So, but but in the Western world, yoga is stretching. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. says we have to stretch. <laughs> yes. Because we, with time, we have to be more flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Not with time, but uh, after forty, it's it's uh, very uh, important. But yeah, it doesn't. It can put my my life <laughs> yes oh so um, yeah i mean that's that i want to respond to that because you're right like there's all of this craziness around stretching and and i think that in my opinion if you kind of look at the evolution of stretching it yoga really has pushed this idea of stretching and so what happened was, you know, people do yoga and they feel better. There's no doubt about that. We can, you know, that's a big conversation about why, but at a very fundamental level, they're feeling better because they're becoming less stressed. They're becoming more calm. And when we're calm, 
we're able to feel ourselves more. And so a doctor sees that, you know, like if you're doing yoga and you're feeling calm, you go to your doctor and he's like, oh my God, Stella, what are you doing? And you're like, well, I'm doing yoga and I feel fabulous. So what is your doctor going to do? He's going to start referring, telling other students or other clients, other, other patients, hey, you're stressed. Your blood pressure is elevated. Go try some yoga. I hear it's really good. Stella is getting, feeling better. And so this ripple effect has started to equate like the idea of stretching must be good for you. And the thing that you said, which is really important, Stella, is like if you can't take your hand behind your back and, the, and there's muscle tightness, well, what is actually moving the arm that direction? Well, what has to happen for your arm to move there is that muscles have to shorten. You know, if you, if you extend your arm and bring your hand to your shoulder, okay, it's not dependent on how loose the tricep is. It's all about how much can the bicep contract, okay? So what we need to be doing then, therefore, is improving muscle function. We need to improve muscles' ability to shorten or, and or contract properly. And so, you know, like it's a lot of people when they get older, and I see this chronically, especially with older people, is they can barely lift their arms up. You know, they can barely lift their arms 45 degrees up, up towards the sky. Mm -hmm. And and so what's what's lifting the arm? So they come here and they go, oh, wow, there's tightness. There's tightness in my shoulder. Well, tightness is the sign of muscle weakness, that muscles mm -hmm. are not working properly. So it's better to actually treat the weakness, to address the weakness, to address the tightness, rather than by stretching. Stretching is like putting a Band-Aid on a problem or taking an aspirin for the headache. You know, the problem with a headache might be because you're actually uh, dehydrated, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe you're just fully stressed out. But what we do is we just take an aspirin instead of dealing with the problem. So stretching is like a band-aid for the, the problems. And so when we're tight, we need to address the tightness, but the wrong thing to do is to stretch because you're actually going to exacerbate the tightness in the long run. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the we have to use our muscles first, yeah. Yes. To 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 do some exercises. What is we we can strong. He can be stronger. Then we can stretch. Am I right? I would, I would never say to stretch. Um, when a muscle is so, when like for example, like if you can't get your hand up here. There's because there's tightness, for example, in the pecs, maybe the pectoral muscles. So if you said earlier, like if I wanted to bring my hand behind my back and kind of scratch in between my shoulder blades or if I'm washing my hair or something like that. So maybe the pecs are tight, but what is in our lane, there's always a reciprocal muscle. So in, we know this from grade school. Like when we, you and I went to school, we learned about muscles. And your teacher taught you that when a muscle contracts, when a muscle shortens, the other muscle elongates. 
And so if there's tightness going on, we need to make sure that we're getting the other muscles working properly. If they're doing that, then these muscles will start to relax. So in the case of the pectorals muscles, if you wanted to bring your hand behind your back, but you can't because the pecs are tight, the opposite muscle to the pecs is the trapezius muscle. So probably the trapezius is not shortening correctly. And that's where the muscle activation comes in. We do muscle activations to get the shoulders, the, to get the trapezius muscle contracting properly. And then all of a sudden the pec goes, oh, I don't have to be tight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so muscle tightness is like, you know, muscle tightness is a protective mechanism of the body. Like it's the body trying to protect itself. So, you know, for those of us who've lived in cold climates, you know, there's that first kind of ice that happens, you know, in the year. And so when we step out onto that ice, we slip a little bit. What, do, what does our body do? It tightens up. <laughs> yeah. Or if, if, if you have a friend hiding around the corner and you come around and they go, boo, you know, what does your body do? It tightens up. So muscle tightness is a protective mechanism. It's a way the body is protecting itself. The, the, the question then is, well, why is the body protecting itself? We have to address that instability. And so I would never teach stretching. I, ever since I ended up in the hospital, ever since then, I've never taught any more stretching again. I just won't do it. Mm -hmm. hmm. Interesting. <laughs> So then what is the secret to staying young and to, 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 to avoid back pain or, or any other pain in muscles? Well, the pain, it's important to understand that pain is inflammation. It's a sign of inflammation. So if you have pain in your shoulder, there's inflammation there. A lot of times what we do for inflammation is we go take an anti-inflammatory like Advil or, you know, something like this. And if it's a really chronic problem of pain, you go to your doctor and they'll probably give you a higher grade of, of or, or higher potency of anti-inflammatories. But from our perspective, from an Ayama perspective, when there's pain in the body, we have to treat the source of that pain, which is inevitably muscles not working properly. So I'm gonna use the knees or the lower back. Let's talk about the lower back. So in the lower back, in the lumbar spine, which is, by the way, I think it's like, it's like something like 30% and higher number of people suffer from back pain. So it's a really high number of people that suffer from back pain. And so when we have pain in our lower backs, what we need to do is address the source of the pain, the source of the inflammation, which is the muscles not supporting the joints of the back, the vertebrae of the back properly. Mm -hmm. And so because there's this instability in the lumbar spine, the result is inflammation. If we can get those muscles working, Guess what happens to the inflammation? It goes away. 
So the correct, the, and it happens like that. I, I've had people come onto my table with pain that, and I'm not exaggerating, like eight or nine out of 10. And they leave my table with either a one or a zero. And it's always, and it happens that quickly. The body responds quickly when it starts to work better. And the reason why those muscles aren't working, the reason why those muscles aren't contracting and contracting on demand properly is because they're not communicating with the brain. They're not communicating with the central nervous system. So what we're trying to do, what we're, we're endeavoring to do with the muscle activation is kind of reconnecting the, I like to call it sometimes a telephone wire. There's a telephone wire between your muscles and your brain. That's the mm -hmm. nervous system. But you know, sometimes the telephone wire gets a little damaged. So we need to go in there and tighten up the telephone wire and we need to reestablish the communication system. And that's what we do in muscle activation. We reestablish this uh, communication system between the brain and the muscles. And when we do that, then we're able to get those muscles start working again. Once the muscles start working again, they're supporting the joints of the body. Once we support the joints of the body, pain disappears. The inflammation goes away. Wow. And it's just <laughs> uh, some moves or some yeah, muscle, can, just the moves. In With lower back pain, I mean, you know, there's a couple of poses. There's a couple of things that I always suggest people to do. And sometimes people ask me to, you know, like if there's only one thing I should do every single day, it's a pose called Superman pose, you know, yeah. but I, there's, there's, but it also depends on like what area of the body we're talking about. So, you know, like if you've got shoulder issues, then we got to start addressing, well, what are the muscles that's responsible for moving the shoulders? Let's get those activated. But coming back to Superman pose, you know, it's a simple pose where you lie on your stomach and you lift your legs and you lift your chest. And actually you can bring your arms forward, but I usually suggest to keep them to the side because this will help you to target the lower back muscles. If you bring them forward, you're more in the upper mm -hmm. chest. But if you bring them to the side and just lift up, then you're in your lower back muscles. Okay. So once we're in the lower back, we're able to start activating those muscles. But Superman not only activates those muscles in the lumbar spine, but it also starts to strengthen them. So the magic number when we're doing muscle activation is hold for six seconds and repeat that six times. So that's a very simple exercise. But it's, I think it's one of the most important because if you look at like everybody's kind of like walking through life hunched over. So because these muscles are not contracting properly, they're not shortening properly. So if we get those muscles shortening, then we start to sit up right. We sit up well properly. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. I mean, I would do a combination of both, but I would do mm -hmm. arms to the sides first, do that six seconds, six times, and then maybe do one or two more 
with the arms reaching forwards um, as you start getting stronger. But you know, it, you said something important, it makes sense. And that's kind of the funny thing about what I'm teaching is it's nothing new. We learned this in grade school. You know, when we were kids, we learned what muscle function is. And then we've kind of lost that. And I don't know how it happened, but you know, sometimes common sense is not so common anymore. <laughs> Yeah, because we heard something else in the last 10 years yes. or 20 years. Yeah. We don't remember what it, they taught us in school. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, what is the you uh, three, three muscle activation technique? What is that uh, will keep us pain-free? You have three muscle activation what can you uh, recommend well the one i gave right now is superman pose so i highly recommend that one and i actually will just throw the second one in there the one with the arms forwards you know do superman again but with the arms forwards because when you bring your arms forward you're now working the trapezius muscle and the trapezius muscle is one of the muscles in the body that just doesn't work properly. So it's really important to get that muscle uh, working. And then my other favorite muscle activation is a pose called uh, bridge pose. So where you're lying on your back, you bend your knees and you raise your hips up to the sky as mm -hmm. high as you can and you squeeze your glutes and, um, and you hold that for six seconds, you lower back down and then you repeat that for a total of six times. And so those three things, if, if people could do those three things every single day, you know, you're gonna start keeping a huge group of muscles working in your body properly and you've mentioned this a couple of times and i just want to address it you said what poses will keep us young and my teacher greg talks a lot about this greg roscoff from the muscle activation technique school and one of the things that he says is that if we want to learn the secrets of staying young it's keeping our neuromuscular system alive you know and it just becomes dead like if we don't use it, we literally lose it. The, the telephone line between the brain and the muscle has to stay strong. And it doesn't, it doesn't deteriorate because of age. It's important that people understand that age is not causing that to deteriorate. It's deteriorating because you're not using your body. And you start like using it less and less and less. And so we become confined, but if we can start to use those muscles again and get them activated, all of a sudden we start to come alive and we feel better in our body. So when we go for like grocery shopping or walks or something, we feel all of our muscles working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Muscle doesn't know age. We no, have to it use doesn't. That. It really doesn't. There's actually a lot in science right now that they're saying, they're calling, um, I don't know if I can say the S word, but I'll say BS on. And, um, and they're saying things like, you know, metabolism doesn't slow down. 
there is no reason for muscles to deteriorate. And so, but what happens is if we don't use it, we lose it. So from a neuromuscular standpoint, we have to keep those muscles activated. And, and muscles always start, you know, shut down because of stress, trauma, and overuse. So if we don't deal with the problems, then the muscles will just stay tight and get tighter and tighter because the body is in a protective state trying to protect itself. Yes. <laughs> and metabolism doesn't slowing down to, because yes. we are slowing down, not our, <laughs> because of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are slowing well, down. We are just, just sitting uh, uh, a lot and uh, we are not moving a lot. So that's why we are slowing down. We are not using our muscles and uh, our metabolism will slow down. So yes. I always telling that that to my clients also. We have yeah. to move every day to do some stretchings. <laughs> I said stretching, but it's uh, usually, it's not, uh, my stretching is, is just uh, uh, some of on the tabletop, the same like Superman, just on the tabletop. Yeah. And, and uh, I always telling them to do that every morning. Absolutely. With um, <laughs> many um, yoga constructors that something bad about your book that stop stretching or what was the comments about that? <laughs> it's, it's funny because a lot of people in the yoga world, I would say like 30% of people really are ready for hearing what I have to say, because there's a lot of people in the yoga world who are dealing with chronic pain and using stretching as a way to deal with that chronic pain. I would say that about 30% of people are not happy. They think that I'm full of it and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's okay. I'm, um, but I would say that there's a lot of people that are really resonating with this because it just makes sense. And what I am saying isn't like crazy. Like I, I, one of the things that I really endeavor to do is speak things that are true and also speak things that have science behind it. Um, I also speak about things that I test personally, that I, I, I watch people get stronger. I've never seen anybody get weaker by doing my practices. I only watch people get stronger and, and, and to become pain-free. I've never seen anybody become, get more in pain because they were working with me. So, or, or following the system or doing the things in my book, they only get stronger. So there's, so that's what I have to say to those people. And I think, you know, unfortunately in the yoga world, there's a lot of, in English, we say like pseudoscience, you know, there's, there's make-believe science, you know, and, and one of the terms that a lot of yoga teachers use is like, we have to open the shoulders. We have to open the hips. You know, how many, how many hip opening workshops do we see like advertised, right? There's no such thing as opening the hips. It's in, if, if you're going to open the hips, you'll end up with a dislocated hip. 
And I don't think we want to go through life with a dislocated hip. So we need to stop saying things that are just not true in the yoga world and 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 really kind of like let's speak about things that are anatomically correct that are you know helping the, the muscular system to function better and if we follow those simple principles we can help we can then really begin to help people uh, get stronger and it's not that complicated it's it's really not that hard <laughs> the hard part you try your is, changing our minds you know we have to flip the script in our minds yes. mm -hmm. <laughs> i do try your yoga classes you are on youtube channel I, yes. you have a youtube channel i saw and i will rec i recommend <laughs> in this video down uh, and i wanted to ask you uh, uh, if you could go back in time will you what will you tell to yourself or to younger self there's two things I would tell myself, my younger self. The first thing is stop stretching. <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, if I could tell myself that, I would have avoided a lot of pain in life. The second thing I would tell my younger self is to um, not worry so much. Enjoy, enjoy the process more and that everything will work out the way it's supposed to because i used to worry a lot and stress and you know think about my life and where am i going and what am i going to do and i wish that i just learned to relax a little bit more and uh, what is your message to my listener my message, my message to your listeners is, well, just that, stop stretching, relax. <laughs> but also, you know, I'm very purpose-driven. I believe very much in, in living our purpose. And, you know, when I ended up in the hospital, it was a moment when I had to really ask, like, what am I doing? And, you know, and, and confronted with, am I going to be able to live my best life? And so my message is, when you wake up every day, just ask yourself, am I living my best life? And if the answer is no, make a, make a course correction. It's kind of like when you're flying from Los Angeles to Japan and, you know, the, the pilot has to make a lot of little adjustments or he ends up in Siberia. <laughs> and so... You know, but those course corrections are just like one or two degrees. It's not a it's not a big course correction. So we don't have to do like anything major. We just have to make little tweaks in our life that are maybe sometimes one degree of a change. And that little change makes sure that we don't end up in Siberia, that we end up in Japan, or even better yet, Hawaii. <laughs> Or we can go to Costa Rica. Or Costa Rica, even better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You have been my guest. <laughs> it was thank you, uh, my pleasure. Thank you. To have you here. <laughs>